brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Blue Delta Jeans postgame show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans. The holy grail of blue jeans. The pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com, BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest, a Southern man should never ask a woman weight, height, shoe size to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order and in just a few weeks, your custom made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now they're proud to offer their classic Indigo Smooth denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit BlueDelta.com today, BlueDelta.com, and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ready? Wow, this game is over. The Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. It's more fun than it looks. With Ben Garrett and Bradley Sowles. This is the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Ole Miss has lost for the second time this year, 31-20 at Auburn to fall to 6-2 overall in the year. And it was not the game script that anyone would have predicted. Defensively started out as poorly as possible, four touchdowns for Auburn in its first five offensive series. But if I would have told you that Ole Miss would then defensively hold Auburn at three points and turn them over in the second half. You would think that Ole Miss came back and wanted to walk. But offensively, it just didn't happen. And there were some questionable decisions by Lane Kiffin. He followed the analytics. And that's going to be a big discussion topic, I assume, all week on the Ole Miss Spirit message board, omspirit.com, affiliateofon3.com. A big topic of discussion here, too, on this podcast. Brad, what's up? What's up, man? Yeah, I agree, man. I think it's um, 
you know, it, it, it's not so much that the going forward on fourth down, it's, it's the stuff we were doing, you know, um, it, it just, I, I just don't think there was a great red zone plan tonight. Um, and that was obvious. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could have kicked the field goals. That's just not Lane Kiffin's style. Um, we know he's not going to. So, so sitting there harping on what he should do, um, we know he's not going to do it. So, but it, I just don't think the play column was was great in the red zone. And, you know, we got down there well all night. I mean, we had um, you know, had a lot of big plays to get down there. But, you know, that what what we were doing, I, I just didn't think was what was very good to say the least. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a big discussion this week. Matt Corral didn't throw a touchdown pass, snapping a streak of 19 straight games with a touchdown pass. He now finishes second behind Chad Kelly, who did it in 22 straight games as far as games with one touchdown pass. Matt finished 21-37 for 289 yards and one interception. He didn't rush much. Henry Parrish led all Ole Miss rushers with 12 carries for 57 yards. Bigsby absolutely destroyed Ole Miss on the ground, just absolutely torched him. 23 carries, 140 yards and a touchdown, average 6.1 yards per carry. And you got to remember something, too, now. Auburn wasn't really running the ball particularly well coming into this game, and yet Tank Bigsby takes over and dominates. That was really the story of the game. Coming in, you and I had talked about this before. I had an uneasy feeling about it, but I talked myself into picking Ole Miss to win just because I felt uneasy against LSU. But eventually, you assume that the injuries would come back and haunt them. But it wasn't just the injuries. It was some decision-making, too. But Matt Corral got banged up early. Braylon Sanders came back and played, but barely played. Jonathan Mingo didn't play. Ja'Core Pearson had a great day, and that's a great story, a silver lining for him. Considering how bad it was for him at Tennessee, to have this kind of game was great to see. But you said it before the game started, and we talked about this, how Ole Miss had to control the game on the ground with its running backs. And it tried, but it didn't work. And then Auburn, conversely, did exactly that. And Ole Miss defensively could not have had a worse first half, but in the second half they did what you needed them to do, and yet you still lost. Three points, turned them over, and you still lost, 31-20. to This all goes back to the offense, and the offensive line had a bad day, and it's kind of obvious, and that's why I said this, that at some point you figured all the injuries would stack up and bite them in the ass. At Auburn it happened. Not having Ben Brown, Caleb Warren started at right guard, but he still hobbled. The offensive line had a tough day. Matt Corral hurt his other ankle. Now he played the whole game. He was a warrior. But at the end of the day, without your wide receivers, without two of your very best offensive linemen, one of the best offensive linemen Ole Miss has had as far as a steady presence ever in Ben Brown, Auburn's too good of a team. Too good of a team for that. To try to overcome all of that and play a version of football that just doesn't give you much of a chance to win. And I thought the two decisions that Lane Kiffin made could have kicked the field goal to make it 28-23, then again, could have kicked a field goal. The analytics, the book says go for it, and I always go with the book, but I am one that defends those coaches that go with their gut in those situations too, and with everything Ole Miss had against it, taking the points, I can understand the frustration of Ole Miss fans, but this is part of it. This is part of what comes with Lane Kiffin. If you really want to diagnose why this game went sideways like it did, all of the things Ole Miss has been dealing with injury-wise finally came back and haunted them, and offensively, sooner or later, they were going to have a goose egg, a goose egg of a performance. And that's what it was for Ole Miss in the second half. Yeah, man, I mean, you got the injuries that are stacking up against us, and we all understand that. But, but one thing that, that needs to be noticed here, we're an extremely undisciplined football team. There's no other way. I'm not, there's no other way to make excuses for this team anymore. I mean, you, you got a combination of, of penalties, costly penalties nonstop, you know, from the O-line, 
you know, all throughout the game. You got to miss assignments. You know, the most important play of the game, we just let a D lineman free. That's that that's that that's very undisciplined ball down there. You you cannot have that happen. You know, Matt Corral, he's doing everything he can for this team, but but at, at, at the end of the day, he's running from his life half the time. So um, we've got to figure out a way to quit these penalties and, and be more disciplined as a team. I don't I don't know what what else we can do, but too many missed assignments. You know, even Snoop Connor had had a bad miss that got Matt sacked. Um, you know, it, it's got to stop. That's the only way we win these games on the road. And I said it all week. We have to go in there and not make mistakes and just costly penalties. It's been happening all year and we've been getting away with it. But, you know, when you go on the road versus a team like Auburn and you play that kind of undisciplined football, you're going to get your ass whooped, and that's what happened today. Ole Miss came into the game the most penalized team in the country with more than 10 penalties per game. Penalties were a problem again. They had 7 for 57. The only caveat I would add to that, and I am not one that ever puts anything on officiating because I think that's cheap. I think that minimizes other problems that the team might have. But the officiating has become a problem. And there's been questions about it. And there were so many questionable penalties in this game. You even had the announcers for ESPN calling it out, including Dennis Jackson's pass interference call against him, his offensive pass interference, which was nothing. Yes, Ole Miss is an undisciplined football team. The numbers bear that out. But when you look at this game by itself, but you can pick out other games too. The officiating, you can't help but at least ask some questions about it. That's all I'm saying. Asking some questions about what the hell they're seeing. Why is it like this? And why is there no accountability whatsoever when games are called in such a poor fashion like they were on Saturday night between Ole Miss and Auburn? Not to say that's the reason why Ole Miss lost, because that is not the reason why Ole Miss lost. But it sure as hell didn't help them. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And if you look at that game really closely, Derek Mason had a, had a um he had a need on what we were trying to do. Um, it, it was obvious, man. I mean, he knew when we were going to run it. Um, he, he all day was, was bringing two guys up the middle. And, and a lot of times, you know, it's third down. We're, we're doing run. Fa- I mean, on the one third and 25, we, we were doing a run fake. I mean, you're not running the ball there. Drop back and give your quarterback time to dissect the defense and throw it. So just little stuff like that, man. I, I mean, you got to tip your hat to Derek Mason. I think he, um, you know, he got after them a little bit today. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys free. He, he, I feel like he knew when we were going to run the ball. He kind of had us. He kind of had us scoped out a little bit. If you if you really watch closely, let's hear from Lane Kiffin following Ole Miss's thirty-one to twenty loss to Auburn. Then let's get Brad's big thing. Hats off to Auburn. Um, you know, played really tough. Very tough environment to play in. Their crowd was great. Um, you know, Bo made a lot of plays for them, especially early on. I thought our defense, after struggling early, you know, played exceptionally well. Gave us a bunch of chance offensively to win. Um, you know, you know, we don't make three fourth downs in the red zone. You know, and throw another interception, so that's four times in the red zone with no points. That's going to be hard to win. So to be in an 11 point game <clears throat> with that says you must be doing something right on the other side of the ball, which we did on defense. You know, Matt battled to come back in. You know. And Drummond went down, so he was down to none of his initial three receivers or initial tight ends. So really credit, you know, to, you know, Shakur Pearson and Casey Kelly. You know, he's throwing the two walk-on kids that really are doing a great job out there. Um, you know, given all, both of them had seven catches, 200 yards between the two of them at Auburn trying to hold up a top-ten ranking. So, um and, you know, very courageous by Matt to come back out, limp around there, 
very unlike him on the interception. It's first and ten. We have some momentum. You know, just really a play he had, you know, had not made since last year like that. So he's human. You know, he, he made one and it's unfortunate. Questions? And I think that's a that's a product of forcing, you know, you get you get frustrated when, you know, all of a sudden we're having three and outs to start in the second half and that, that is the problem when, you know, you're not getting a lot of plays made around you, the run game's not going well. It's it's hard not to press, especially on the road and Nick Sass, go ahead. You brought up the red zone, two touchdowns and eight trips. Just was it all numbers crunch with you guys not having the personnel you normally do, or we was Auburn doing something that kind of gave you guys fits over there? No, I mean, they, they did a good job, but it wasn't any special new defense or anything. Um, when you get in the red zone, things tighten down. So if you're not running the ball well, you know, you're going to have tight windows and guys, you got to make good throws and got to make big plays. And, uh, you know, we didn't do that. And, you know, obviously, sit here and say you could kick field goals and, you know, but, um, you know, we, we've made a lot of those converted more than anybody in the countries and when it doesn't work it doesn't work you know, but we could get those field goals and those and still want to do so you brought up the running game just what was the game plan it seemed like the running backs weren't very involved it was a lot of short passing just what did you see from auburn that kind of took guys like ely and paris out of the game well i don't think it takes a lot to figure out if you lead the country in rushing outside of triple option teams coming into a game, your quarterback limps around and your receivers are hurt. You know, it's pretty easy to figure out what to do, stack the box and stop the run, and, you know, condense your rush lanes and stop the run, which is what they came out to do. And, you know, made you try to, you know, win outside. So, a good plan by them. I mean, I think most of you would have done the same. Blake Topmeyer, go ahead. Yeah, Lane, when uh, when Matt came back, he you know, actually ran on the field for a moment there, and then you, you took a timeout. Um, at, at what point did you realize, you know, he was he was back on the sideline and available to, to go back in the game? Can you kind of take me through that? Yeah, I thought the way he came off, that it was really bad, and, you know, like, broken and so i kind of had already gone to that place so i was kind of surprised that he had come back especially to come back and have some type of movement skill um which was awesome because you know i was in the tank that anytime something like that happens you say okay well we should have had a better play on the first down where he got you know hit and injured when we were taking a shot so it was obviously good to have him back there and played before i've been running down with the play clock and stuff so we had to use a timeout Nick Suss, go ahead. What was the defensive adjustment in the second half? Um, I thought we, we played well um, by tackling. I thought that we didn't, you know, and, you know, the boat keeps drives alive, as you've seen, like LSU game and stuff. And so, you know, you can play good defense, be right there, and you can't tackle the guy. And that happened to us, you know, early on. We had him, and when he does that, they're long sacks if you make them but he was getting out of them and then we started making some of them the older i get the more i realize there's just some things i don't know balancing a budget for example 
I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wait on three, one, two, three. Let's go. Brad's big thing. Brad, we just heard from Lane Kiffin. What's your one big thing from Ole Miss's 31-20 loss at Auburn? You know, I said it earlier, man. I think that um, if you look at this game, I, I said we were going to need to run the ball, um, limit the mistakes, and, um, you know, play good sound football and have poison and noise. I feel like we we came out we, we on defense. We got absolutely out-schemed. Um, that first half was was brutal to watch. Um, guys were actually running free. Um, you know, we, we had no answer for Bo Nix running the ball on, on, on options. It was just – yeah, that's how we started on defense. And then we had a ton of penalties that, um, you know, were, were just costly penalties. And I agree. There, there were some that, that were definitely um, questionable by the refs and some that we didn't get go our way. But at the end of the day, man, um, you know, we, we have to do everything we can to limit that. And, and you know, there's guys running free, too. And, um, you know, it, it almost costs our quarterback um, again tonight. Um, I, I just feel like there, there's just not a lot of um, – there's not a lot of time for him back there right now. So, you know, that, that those things are, are, are what cost you the game. And then you, then you look at us in the red zone. You know, red zone, third down, just, just weren't great tonight. Um, and then that told the story. I do not think that Auburn team is better than us. I really do not. And, um, you know, I think if we're fully healthy, uh, we definitely can beat that team. But, I mean, even, even as bad as we played, we had a chance. We had a chance to win that game. Um, you know, we were right there. And once, once, once our defense kind of settled down and started playing better, but – you just can't make that many mistakes and, and expect to win on the road versus a quality SEC opponent. So, you know, hopefully we bounce back here and and, and get um, get get the ship ship rope. But uh, man, right now we're just an undisciplined football team that, that that's got a bunch of injuries, and you know, it's just hard where we are. Ole Miss came into the game leading the country in fourth down attempts at thirty and conversions. Ole Miss was one for four in fourth down. Matt Crowell finished twenty one to thirty seven for two eighty nine. Streak of consecutive games with a touchdown pass snapped at nineteen. He had a touchdown on the ground. He's tied with Snoop Connor for the team lead with 10 rushing touchdowns on the year. Just a warrior coming back like he did, going into the locker room to get x-rayed on his left ankle. His right ankle is what he hurt, and there was a lot of doubt about whether or not he'd play and all this kind of stuff, even though everyone knew he was going to play. Ole Miss beats LSU, and Matt Crowell's banged up. Well, now he's even more banged up, but he comes out and he still gives his team a chance to win. But the penalties are a problem, and you're right. 
decision making as far as coaching decisions and just the game script they needed to follow. Ole Miss didn't do those things. Bo Nix didn't do anything that should have surprised them, yet he had an almost perfect start. It was nearly perfect for him. But I keep coming back to a couple of things that I know Ole Miss fans care about, and that's the cause to go for it on fourth down. Like I said, Ole Miss came into the game leading the country in fourth down attempts. You know that's what they're going to do. They're going to follow the book. But it goes back to the conversation of always following the book or sometimes going with your gut. And Lane Kiffin has shown a propensity to go with his gut, even though he strictly adheres most times to the book. And yet he had no problem, for example, punting against LSU when the book told him not to. So it was curious knowing everything Ole Miss was dealing with. And he said this in his introductory press conference. There are going to be times when Ole Miss goes for it on fourth down that you're going to question it, but he's going to go by the book. And he went by the book, but I could accept it more if he hadn't have gone with his gut before. And I thought it was curious. And, and it's more than fair to ask, why now? With the team dealing with what it's dealing with, knowing your quarterback's banged up, he can't really plant, he's off as far as his accuracy is concerned, why not take the points? Why not take the points? Because then, when you're driving, you don't have to get the touchdown and the two-point conversion. It's a different game. And with everything Ole Miss was dealing with, why not go with a gut instinct there? Why follow the book strictly there? And that's where I think the criticism is fair. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. But that's just what he does. And so so it's just it's hard to... To, to keep harping on it because this is going to be a waste of, waste of your breath because yeah, this is what he does. But I, I agree. I mean, I, honestly, me personally, I would take the points on the road in a game like that. Um, you know, our defense was playing better in the second half because he's always been like, hey, well, they're going to score anyway. You know, defense hasn't played well. You know, we don't have a kicker. Well, now we have a kicker and our defense was playing better. So I feel like at, at that time, it's probably, you know, I think you take those points. I really do because then, then it puts a little bit of pressure on them. Um, to, to have to punch points in there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, this is just it, – it's up for debate. I know that, um, yes, yeah, is what he likes to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he, even on those fourth down plays, you know, you had the one to Kelly that was that was a bad throw. You had two penalties on another one. It's just shitty calls and, and, and undisciplined football is exactly what it came down to. Going for a fourth down is fine, but, you know, you, you got to have a good plan and and, and know what, you, what you're trying to accomplish there. And we just, we, we look like we we're all over the place. I mean, we we're making offense look pretty hard at the moment. Um, you know, it, it just looks, it, it just doesn't look like it, like it has looked and a lot of it has to do with, we don't have wide receivers right now. I mean, we, we just don't, we're missing our top three wide receivers. No team is going to look great when, when, when that's the case. But um, at the end of the day, man, where was Ely? Where was he at today? You know, where, where was, um, you know, he's supposed to be this, this big player, you know, where is he at? You know, Snoop Connor didn't, didn't get the ball a ton. He he tried to do best he could as well. But, you know, I feel like if we were going to win this game, Snoop Connor and Ely were, were supposed to have big games or, or help carry this offense, and neither were, were to be found. And, and on top of that, I just don't feel like the, the O-line you know, plays play well today either. Snoop Connor and Jerry on Ely combined for 13 carries. That's just one more than Henry Parrish had by himself. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and some of these some of these runs on, on the third shorts and – and third, and you know, it, it man, we got to have Snoop Connor in the game. Uh, I know, and I'm starting to see why he's not playing. Um, he he struggles in the pass game. You know, he struggles to pass protect. Um, you know, he's happened a couple to a couple times this year. I think it has something to do with that. On top of maybe maybe not knowing who to block and and where where to go with his eyes and pass protection. Um, that 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 could be why he's not in there as much. But at the end of the day, when, when we need a, we need somebody to tote the tote the mail, it's it needs to be him. It needs to be him a lot more than it has been this year. For those fans that didn't quite understand what was going on, why Auburn was gashing Ole Miss so badly in the first half, 
and I include myself amongst those people who have no clue what DJ Durkin was going for defensively. Why was it so bad? Man, it's so, so we're, we're out number one. Two, we, we try to put some other guys in the box today, but they were just physically beating our ass. I mean, that that's, it is what it is. Like, you know, it was, um, you know, they had a fullback in there. They had two tight ends at times, and we just don't have, we don't have the guys. We don't have them in gaps. We don't have, you know, we're, we're playing this three down. We're blitzing safeties. Well, those, those linemen are teeing off on those guys. I mean, absolutely teeing off on them. We did better in the second half, um, you know, getting off the blocks and, and making tackles. But, man, um, they were just physically beating us tonight. Um, and, and and it just it, – it, uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's just, just no other way to put it. It was so bad defensively. But Ole Miss just doesn't have those horses right now. And Braylon Sanders was used mostly as a red zone guy. He still looks like he's slowed. Caleb Bourne looks like he's slowed. Ole Miss wants to have all these pieces back and wants to utilize them, rush them back. They're not ready. And you can tell. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, it's when you see Drummond standing there with his helmet off, hobbled up, Sanders coming in there and not really get anything out of him. Um, that's tough. It really is tough, man. You, we, this team, it's not like we're, we're this deep football team. Now our, our ones are, are solid when they're all in there. But, you know, you lose you lose one receiver, eh, maybe get away with it. But when you lose three, it's not like Ole Miss has three other guys that are that are that are high end behind them. You have some OK guys. I will say this, though, man, um, Casey Kelly has has gave us that spark at tight end that, that we've been looking for. Um, you know, kudos to him. Man. I mean, he, he is he's gave, he's given us something to tight end um, and, and he's he's really stepped up and, and and having a solid little run here for us. The Ole Miss defense has shut out its last two opponents, LSU and Auburn, in the third quarter. It's tallied two or more sacks in seven of the eight games this season. A.J. Finley tied his season high with 10 total tackles, including five stops. Sam Williams finished with five tackles and another sack. Sam Williams currently has eight and a half sacks, which ranks tied for eighth in program history. He's just one and a half short of tying the school record of 10. If I'd have told you all of these things about the defense, what they would have accomplished in the game notes afterwards, what would you have said? Ole Miss won. Ole Miss won going away. But offensively, it just wasn't there. And you talked about how it just didn't look right. And they didn't look right. It looks really tough for them right now. It can't just be injuries on the offensive line. It can't just be the excuse of everybody's banged up. There's got to be more to it. There's got to be more to it. But I'm just trying to figure out what it could be outside of that. Because I still look at it as... The injuries are what have caught up with them, and that's why they look out of sync and all those kind of things. But still, they showed against LSU that they can move the ball. They can do offense. They can create offense. They can um, churn out yards and points. So why against Auburn was it not working? No, I think, um, you know, I think at times the, the um, you know, I, I feel like we're doing stuff, you know, schematically-wise that, that we're just not comfortable doing. Um, and I think we're improvising. I think it does have to do with our receivers. I mean, you think about how many times Ole Miss is pushing the ball down the field if compared to what we do when we have all our receivers. We're just not. And, and we're trying to play this safer style dink and dunk football, and that's really not not where they're comfortable. You know, and I just don't think – who are we going down the field to? You know, you look out there across the line, you have um, you have Jaden Jackson – and on certain plays, Jaden Jackson, um, Casey Kelly, Pearson. That there, there's just not there, there's not a viable just deep threat option there. You know, it's, it's, so, so they're playing this this D and dunk style offense, trying to run the ball, trying to stay safe. You know, maybe put a slant in there, maybe a crossing route. But they, I, I just feel like that um, that the, the having not having our three you know staple receivers is is what's causing some of this um, 
some of this offense that looks a little odd. Win, lose, or draw, we hand out helmet stickers, so we do it now. Win on three, one, two, three. Let's go. Helmet stickers. Brad, I hand out three. You hand out three. Your first helmet sticker goes to who? Um, I'm, I'm, I said it earlier. I'm going to give it to Casey Kelly, man. I think that um, he's given us something at tight end. You know, I would love to see us with all our receivers in there and him playing this way. I feel like we would, um, you know, we'd be pretty dangerous if, if that was um, that was the case. You know, I can't wait to get everybody back and have him still doing doing the stuff he's doing. He's giving us some 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 good stuff at tight end right now. Jacor Pearson gets my first helmet sticker. Recorded career highs in both catches with seven and receiving yards with 135. He stepped up and almost needed a lead receiver. He did it. It was great to see from him for a number of reasons, not the least of which considering how bad he was against Tennessee. Having bad drops and just a forgettable night, he stepped up when they needed him to step up. It wasn't enough, but Jacor Pearson deserves a helmet sticker. Your second helmet sticker goes to who? Um, I'm giving one to Chance Campbell, man. I thought he had a um, pretty solid game. I mean, he's just he's a turnover machine. He's just getting turnovers at, at the right time. Um, you know, just uh, just just like he's always around the ball, man. And when there's a turnover, he's he's there. So um, I thought he had a pretty solid game. Um, played played decently well. DeAndre Prince gets my second helmet sticker. He registered his first forced fumble of his career. He does deserve credit for how solid he's been. I don't think Ole Miss came into the year expecting DeAndre Prince to be a fixture in its secondary, and yet here he is midway through the year, well past the midway point in the year, and DeAndre Prince is providing them every down play in the secondary, which if you can get that for pretty much free considering that he went to junior college and didn't think about anybody else. He was coming back to Ole Miss. That's a great story by itself. All right, your last helmet sticker goes to who? Um, Sam Williams, he was, he absolutely destroyed that tackle all night. Um, you know, he, I wish he would have finished that first third down, just to kind of set the tone for the game. Um, Bo Nix is a hard guy to, to tackle. He's a bigger guy, pretty, pretty strong kid. Um, but for the most part, man, Sam Williams was, was destroying that right tackle. He was, he was all over the field tonight. Um, you ended up getting a sack, I think later on or, or something like that, but he was, um, he was all over. He was, he was getting a lot of pressure tonight. He deserves one. So does Matt Corral. It's an automatic helmet sticker every single week. But even more so this week, got hurt, left the game, went to the locker room, got x-rays on a cart. He leaves to go to the locker room on a cart and then comes back out, tapes it up, goes out and plays, and gives his team a chance to win. Yes, the interception in the end zone was bad, but that guy gutted it out and did everything he conceivably do to win that game for Ole Miss. It just didn't turn out in the right way. So you say going into the game that if Ole Miss won this game, you didn't see Ole Miss losing the rest of the way. What about now that they've lost? Um, I, like, like I said, man, I think we're going to have a chance to win all these games. I mean, I, I, I do think we beat Liberty. I think we beat Vandy, um, state and A&M. It's going to be, um, you know, the, the state's playing better. Um, A&M we got at home. Um, I, I, I feel confident we can win out. We're going to definitely have a chance to win out, but we're going to have to be a better, you know, more disciplined team, um, which, which I mean, that's just our MO. We're not, uh, we haven't been all year. We, we talked about the penalties early. Um, but, but now, now just, that's just, just what we are. You know, that's the kind of team we are. And, um, but we're going to have to figure out a way to get out of that and, um, and move forward. I, I feel confident. I feel like going into every game, we, we should be the better team and, and win, just like at Auburn, man. I, mean, I still think we're better than that team. I really do. Um, I just don't think we executed well when we played sloppy football tonight um, in, in their house. And you, you look at Bo Nix, he's 14-3 and three at home. He's only lost three games to top five teams at home. For whatever reason, the kid, the kid balls out at home. So, uh, we knew we were getting ourselves into, and we just didn't play good ball and execute. But yeah, I, I think that um, you know, I think I think it's still right there for the taking. Um, I, I do like us down the stretch. I think all our games are pretty favorable. Not his fault at all, at all. 
But Matt Crowell lost his Heisman moment, I think, today. I think Matt kind of fell behind the Heisman pecking order today by no fault of his own. Listen, the guy's lost his top three receivers. I'm not going to keep making this excuse, but um, find me another guy who's done that. Um, he, he just doesn't uh, – I think we're talking about something totally different if all three guys are, are fully healthy and um, you know out there most of the year. It's just – and it was obvious early in the year what kind of production they were having. Um, when you take that kind of production and line up, um, it's just not the same, not to mention he's a little banged up right now. I, th- I do think he's the best player in college football. Um, you know, Unfortunately, he's not on the super deep team. Um, if, if he was on another team, I think you would see something something really crazy. What are the biggest takeaways after that loss? For an Ole Miss fan that's just sitting there right now, steaming mad, frustrated, the biggest takeaways as far as your point of view, breaking the game down, what sticks out? What are the learning points for this game? I, I think you look at it like this. If you're looking at this game, you say, hey, um, Ole Miss played that bad and they were still had a chance to win right there and then at the end of the game. You know, played very undisciplined football, made a lot of mistakes, didn't execute in the red zone whatsoever, um, you know, and we're still right there and had a chance to win. You know, m- most Ole Miss teams in the past, you know, you get down, like, like we got down that first half, Matt Crowd goes out, Corbett Luke Altmaier goes in. I think I texted you about this. You know, usually, usually it, would, it would have been a route. But they battled, man. That the team team's got a lot of fight. They're fighting through adversity, a lot of injuries, um, you know, and, and they got a lot of fight. I think you got to respect that. Um, but at the end of the day, what Ole Miss fans need to realize is Ole Miss is not there yet. We don't, we do not have the depth. What we're doing with what we have right now is still really damn impressive. Um, we're a few years removed from from you know not <laughs> being pretty depleted scholarship wise and all that. We're getting close. We need some more bodies at Ole Miss and. Um, I think we have a chance to to win out, and, and you know I think at worst you see nine and three somewhere in there, um, with a split in the state and an A and M game. But um, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be a great season. Um, you know we're certainly overachieving as a team, um, but it, it, it's it's really hard with without without all your guys out there. We just don't have that kind of depth. Um, you know we're not quite there yet as a program, but 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 we're working to, towards it. And it's a gritty team. You got to respect them. So we'll show up and support them for the rest of the year. Um, and at the end of the day, you're going to look up after this next week, we're going to be seven and two. Um, and if you told me we'd be, at, we'd be at that, um, that point, you know, we'd have that record at this point in the year. Everybody would be pretty, pretty excited about it. We just can't, if you think about the stretch, we just came off of, um, we went three and one in a stretch that, that included Arkansas, LSU, um, who, who, was, who was the other one? Yeah. Arkansas, LSU, um, Auburn and Tennessee. Um, Tennessee. Yep. You're right. Tennessee. So that's, I mean, you look at that that stretch on the schedule, and you say, "Hey, Ole Miss is going three and one with a, with a bad road loss." Uh, I think you feel okay about it. So it's hard though uh, for an Ole Miss fan right now to hear yeah. that because of where they had put themselves. They're six and one. Everyone's talking about all the things that they could do. They could run the table. Matt Crow could be the Heisman winner, even if they had continued to win and Alabama continued to win. They didn't make it to the SEC championship game, which they've never made it to. They would have still been in contention for the playoff, if not a damn near shoe in, especially if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. So now that's all off the table. So you, you can't say they've overachieved considering where they were and how they had gotten to a point where every game we thought almost was going to win that game. They were favored in that game. They should win that game. And yes, the, the injuries stack up, but the reason why, I had an uneasiness about this game and still picked Ole Miss is because even in the face of adversity over and over and over again, we would have forgiven them for losing a game considering what they were without. 
they still found a way to win. They leaned into that saying, find a way to win. As cliche as that sounds, find a way to win. And they were doing that. So far be it for me, even though I have my doubts to doubt them when they keep coming up with new ways. So they can't be overachieving when the expectation had been changed. They were talking playoffs this week. Miles Battle was. This is just a bad loss. It's just a bad loss. And there's so much blame to go around except for one person. And that for me is Matt Corral, even though he threw the interception. I just cannot put blame on Matt Corral considering how he fought through everything. But I just don't see it as overachieving this team. I don't. I just think it's a bad loss. They face planted with an opportunity to really seize full momentum moving forward. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. We're coming off a year where we went four and five regular season. We went five and five after the bowl game. Um, we're two plays away that from this year from being four and four. I mean, it's, um, you know, call it what it is. LSU, LSU guys were in the first half too. Um, I, I think we're a good football team, but I just don't think we're there yet. I, I still think that, that we are playing for what we have. We are certainly, certainly overachieving in my opinion. I mean, I, well, I just sure, think that, but it's easier to say now off of a loss when that's not what we viewed this team like going into the game. We didn't think they were overachieving. We thought they were that good. So you, it's hard to just, now flip the script because they yeah. lost and say they, they're overachieving. I just It's hard for me to reconcile that. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's hard for Ole Miss fans to reconcile that now. We're right, yeah. And, and, but, but listen, we were assuming we're fully healthy, okay? Like, yeah, we're certainly for what, what we're doing right now for what we got. You know, if you told me we're not going to have, um, you know, Sanders and Mingo in there and not Ben Brown, um, you know, I, you, you're, you're taking a good percentage of your starters out of there. So, so I do think we're playing, playing pretty solid for what we have. Fair enough. Missouri beats Vanderbilt 37 to 28. Georgia beats up on Florida 34 to seven, which makes Dan Mullen's hot seat seem like much hotter. I don't know. Ooh, I know. No doubt. You talk about a job that Lane would really want. Ole Miss loses to Auburn 31 to 20. Mississippi State whips Kentucky 31-17. to So now that game, which you thought Ole Miss is the superior team, well, it's shaping up to be like every Egg Bowl, seemingly. Coin toss mm-hmm. it. Coin toss it, because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a coin toss going into that game. They've shown an ability to not only play good quality football, but beat a good quality football team in Kentucky. So this weekend in the SEC, I think, told us a lot. But if you're Ole Miss coming out of it, how do you start preparing for the week ahead? What's the preparation like? What are the conversations like on Sunday in film? Who's sinking into their chair during film study because they had a bad day? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think you, you, you're just truthful. Everybody comes up there. You watch the game. Um, you know, I think if you look at look at the O line, they're they're probably going to catch some heat this week. I mean, there's you know, there's you can't cut a, a down lineman free in the most important play, the mo- one of the most important fourth downs of the game. Um, just, just brutal. You know, I think that, I think that's going to be, be a big deal, but man, at the end of the day, we need to watch this thing whenever they watch film on the when they do it nowadays, watch it, get over it. Let's go on to the next game, man. We have, we have Liberty coming into town. You know what that game is going to, going to be hyped up as get back on track. Let's get a good win. I, I still think if, you know, if Matt Corral plays, we, we beat the hell out of them. Um, you know, I just get back on track in that game. And then we got a, we got a solid stretch after that, man. We got A&M, Vandy. I think we, we beat them. I'm um, pretty handily in, in Mississippi state. You know, we, we still have a chance to go 10 and two. Um, you know, it's going to be a bunch of tight games down the stretch other than the other than Vandy. But, um, you know, you, you should, you got, you got to be ready to roll. You got to be ready to move forward. You can't, can't let this game beat you. Um, that they, they know why they lost, um, that Auburn was not better than this team. Um, but, you know, you make that kind of mistakes and play that bad on the road. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to win. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think you just get ready to move forward and, um, 
you know, you, you put it right behind you and you go out there and act like it never happened after, after you watch the film and you know what you need to get better at. And um, let, let's get ready to go win a game at home versus Liberty. Let's open the mailbag. Mail time. The, the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Open the Modern Woman mailbag to answer your questions after Ole Miss's 31-20 loss at Auburn. We'll start on Twitter at Jake underscore McNally. Why are the Rebs? I don't know. Michael Luker, as an Astros and Ole Miss fan, how do I deal with this pain? It's never ending. You've got a championship with Houston. What are you talking about? I'm a Braves fan. I went to the World Series on Friday. Had a blast. Talking about pain? I'm a Cowboys fan, too. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I mean, Michael, I know, you've man. got a title. The Cowboys have turned. The, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty critical of the Cowboys, but they look pretty good right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and Dak's probably not going to play on Sunday night. Cole Varel, my buddy Cole. Matt Crowell's an absolute warrior. Why no Ely? Didn't see him much at all. Go Braves pulling for them. Me too. So why no Ely? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I was hoping to see him run like he did last week. Um, you know, I, I just think you didn't see, you didn't see a whole lot of, of Ely and Connor really tonight. I mean, they, they didn't. You know, Ely got in there a few times, didn't look great running it. Looked like he kind of tiptoed, and you really didn't see him much after that. So I don't know. I, don't know. I think he, you don't know if he's falling out of favor. I don't know if he's. He's heard or what the deal is, but um, he knows but they, he knows what they want out of him. They explained it. They said it. They said it publicly, yeah. and he wasn't doing that. And I feel like you hit on it. He's fallen out of favor. Henry Parrish is getting his carries. No doubt. I mean, uh, I'm telling you, man. It's um, you know, it, it, it's odd. Um, I, I think that he could certainly help this team, um, but. You know, that there's just times where he just runs timid, and that's just there's another way to put it. Um, I've been seeing it for a while. Yeah, you know, I really have. And there's times where whenever he does whatever, whenever he runs the way he can run, it, it it's it's impressive. But then there's times, within there's times where he just doesn't look very inspired. You've been calling it for a while. You've been saying it. Nate Bloomberg at Nate underscore Bloomberg. He was at the World Series on Friday night with me. A couple of sections over. He was in three sixteen. I was in three fourteen. Best seats ever. Oh, and what a game. Should we start getting annoyed with Lane going for it on all these fourth downs and not kicking field goals at this point? Well, it's what he does, man. I mean, I, I, there's we can sit there and debate it all you want, but he's going to keep doing it. Um, Lane Lane likes the the reckless style. Um, I mean, that's it. When it works, it's going to be great. When it doesn't, it's going to feel like it felt. felt but it's nice. not reckless. It's it's backed by fact and math. But I do agree with those that say, okay. You followed your gut in this situation. Why tonight when you know that Ole Miss is dealing with all this stuff? That's when I get it. It's backed by fact, by math, and math doesn't lie. But probabilities in math also, there are some bad outcomes, and Ole Miss had the bad outcomes tonight. Yeah, but 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 math doesn't doesn't factor in momentum and and just flow of the game. And I, I don't know. I, I would I would need to sit down and look at the book. <laughs> There's a but balance just, to it. I do agree with that. There is a balance to it. No doubt, you, yeah. you take. There's times where you take the points, man. I mean, it, it also adds pressure to the other team as well. Whenever, you know, you you know you have to score on this one, or or hey, if we we turn over, they can actually take the lead on us. It's just there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it, man. I don't I don't buy it. If it, if 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 it was that that probable to go for it on fourth down, you would see it a lot more, uh, you know, in the pros and all that. But 
It's just um, you are seeing it in the pros. You are seeing it more in the pros. You ain't seen it like this. This is this is um, this is on a whole nother level. I mean, yeah, there's a times where they do go for it, but you know, when you're on the road and it's a big environment, you know, take those points. You know, put the pressure on them. So, um, yeah, this is this is on a whole nother level. We're going for it. It's easy to get annoyed tonight. Math is math. Jerry McCauley, my question: Can you give those of us? who have suffered for years hoping for a championship team, some encouragement for the future, need something positive? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, we're losing Matt Corral, and um, that's you know that's that, that's going to be tough. So you saw Luke Altmaier come in. That's what you saw for a series is about what, what your future is going to look like next year. Um, so I yeah, disagree. Just, I think their future is in the transfer portal at quarterback for next year. Not yeah, Luke most likely, yeah, most yeah. likely, but yeah. um, you know, Luke, Luke Altmaier will have a year to get better as well, and then we'll, he'll be in the competition. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's tough to put your put your eggs in the portal, but I, I do think that is coming. I would be surprised if Luke Altmaier is the starter next year. Well, you got You got to give the benefit of the doubt to him too. He's going to have a year to prepare as well. So, um, yeah, he, he was just in high school, you know, roughly under a year yeah, ago. Yeah, you're right. John Cummings, why does it always take the defense a whole half to realize there's a game? I've I, I noticed that too. I, I was, that's like two weeks. Well, actually, most weeks it's been like that. Most games it's been like that. Um, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I will say this Durkin, for as, for as frustrating as he makes you in the in the first half, um, he has adjusted. You know, and he did adjust this this week and um, or this game. And, and you know, he was able to stop him. And I, I, if you'd have told me the defense was going to come out, like you said, and, and shut them to hold them to three points. I would have thought we'd maybe won the game, you know. So, um, you know, they, they they certainly. But when you give a team that that fast of a start, man, it's just you're always playing catch up, and the offense has to score. And um, you know, I think at times we were playing tight and kind of pressing there. Joseph Ellis, at twenty eight to twenty, you kicked the dang field goal to make it twenty eight twenty three. That way, it doesn't turn into thirty one twenty, which it did. You cut it to five to put pressure on Auburn. That's not a question, but. An observation. I think it's a pretty salient observation that many Ole Miss fans are making on this night. Dakota Wills at D Wills fifty six. Was that analytics or Kiffin not kicking the field goals? It was analytics. Blake Johnson at GB Johnson thirty three. Do analytics take personnel into consideration at all? I don't know. I, I I'm not in, I'm not an analytics guy. So um, they don't. Yeah, I, they don't. They follow situation. Period. Got it. Yeah, that is a good point though. That goes back to what we're talking about having a feel for it and there being a balance. There can be a balance to this because I am very much an analytics guy. It started in baseball, it's bleeding into football. I'm all about the numbers, but I do agree that there is a human component to it and a feel to it. So if you're asking yourself, why would Lane Kiffin do this against LSU, but then do this against Auburn with such little firepower in comparison to what he had at LSU, I understand. Ben Mathis at Ben M88. Why is it the way that it is? Because this is life, man. Life is pain. Andy McNulty. Even if Chase Rogers comes back healthy, does Kelly keep the top tight end spot? He's looked good when his number's been called. I think so. You? Yeah, it's not even close. Kelly Kelly is a is a much much better um, receiving option. Forrest Crumbie, obviously not our best night, but still had a lot of opportunities to win, even with all the injuries and with extreme pressure to score. Terrible in the red zone. How do you feel moving forward? Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. I mean, I think that um, you know we just we didn't play our best ball tonight, and that's why we lost. And Auburn played a solid game, so um, you know I, I'm I'm really not that discouraged. It's not like we, get, we went down there and got hammered. Um, you know, it, 
we had our chances, man. If we execute on, in, in the red zone, I mean, think about after that uh, muffed punt, if we put a touchdown in there, we just didn't, we just didn't execute. A lot of times we do. Um, the muffed just, punt was when it felt like not scoring there. That's when it felt yeah, like it was over for me. 100%. And we got stopped on like, on, on I think it was like third and one or second and one or something. Like, I mean, we got stopped on, on some plays that were, um, yeah, I think it was, we were third and one got stopped and then, then fourth and one and got stopped. And that was, that was the pass to Kelly, but yeah, it just felt like, man, we we're just off and uh, it sucks as bad as it, as bad as it was. We, um, we hung in there. We had a chance. We have a solid football team. Um, we just got to get, um, you know, we, we, we just got to move forward from this and, and finish out strong. We're going to have a good year. Um, I know people are disappointed, but, it, but at the end of the day, they have to look and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're lacking a little bit of depth. Rabbit 1018, why are we not playing the freshman wide receivers that we have? If they could play or if they felt like those guys could give them something that the other guys they're playing couldn't, they would be playing. If they could impact winning, if the coaches felt like they could impact winning, they would be playing. So stands to reason then they're just behind the other guys that are playing. There's no injury concerns about them. They're fine. They're just behind the other guys. They're just behind the other guys. Also, why is Greg Sankey continuing to allow the worst officiating in the nation? I do not know. I do not know. The officiating league-wide, it's not just Ole Miss, league-wide is just horrific. There has to be some type yeah. of come-to-Jesus moment with Greg Sankey or just the realization that this is a problem that needs to be fixed. It's horrid out there. Yeah, that that well, whenever Casey Kelly got – that was such a pass interference at a key point in the game, and he was absolutely – his arm was grabbed. He's, he had his arm wrapped around him was called but then the same call on, on the next drive or two um you know we got called for it so and and i want to say it was on a third down you know there, there were there was two times when sam williams could have got that sack on th- third down and we got that one penalty on third on third down i think it was a pass interference that i mean those those are those are essentially like like turnovers almost you know you're giving them a whole another set of downs so um yeah I, the officiating you know i hate to be that guy but um man shit it's it, it's it was tough out there John Aberly, how much do we beat Liberty by next week? Does ten and two get us into a New Year's Six bowl? Um, I've been saying all year. I think we're going to beat the shit out of Liberty. I really do. Um, I just don't you think they're going to. You got a potty be... mouth tonight. You're fired up. Yeah, I, I, a little frustrated at, at at the outcome of this one, but um, yeah, I, I've been saying that all along. You can every recording we ever talk about that game. Um, Ole Miss is past the point of thinking that Liberty can come into Oxford and beat us. Paul Mahan. What is the biggest issue? The injuries at wide receiver or the offensive line? Um, both. I mean, you know, the, the offensive line, I don't know what the deal is because um, it, it's not only, not only is it bad penalties, it's, it's missed assignments and bad missed assignments. Whenever you have a tackle sliding out and then the, the – what, what, whenever you – yeah, whenever you have a tackle sliding out and then a the center or whatever, a guard pulling and the center not getting there and just letting a guy free, I mean, that's just um, – I don't know, man. That's just a bad misassignment at that point in the game um, or, or a bad scheme. I have to look at it closer. It looked like it was some kind of power pass, and that's usually where, where the center is has to get over there. But, um, man, it's just – I don't know. There's just a lot of misassignments in there um, and we, we're mixed in with a lot of penalties um, at, at key points in the game. It's just – just not been great. Um, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know what, what to pinpoint it as other than maybe they were, um, you know, just getting used to their new coach or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not, not been great. Play Henley, any word on wide receiver injuries? I'm assuming you're asking about Braylon and Jonathan Mingo, Jonathan Mingo. I was told a long time ago, isn't coming back until November. And yeah, I think he dressed and went through some pregame stuff, but it's November now. 
I didn't expect him to play on Saturday. Braylon was out there, still slowed, still limited. I guess he'll be full go against Liberty. I don't know. At this point, we know that they're getting close, if nothing else. They're getting close. OMG Figs Fat. I know we have a pretty good Liberty program next week, but what's the risk reward of letting Matt rest next week? Uh, we're not, we're not that we're not there yet. Um, oh, the, no. the, the risk is Hugh freeze coming in there and marching all over Oxford, you know, after beating your ass. And then the reward is, um, you know, you, you, you want to make sure we take care of that game. And if I found the coaches, man, I'm putting together some kind of game plan where we just absolutely pound the ball. Um, let's, let, let's have a meeting with the backs. Let's have a meeting with the O-line and say, Hey, what can we do this week? Let's pick out our favorite runs. Let's absolutely maul them and and keep Matt on his feet. You know, obviously we we'll have to make some plays with his arm, but you know, you, you look at a game like this versus versus a school like that, and you say, hey, this has got to be a game where, where we absolutely pound the ball. You know, I, I look for us to run for three hundred plus yards this week. Oh the man, get, the Braves the Braves get three chances to win the World Series. Oh my God, we're back recording. We had to pause for a second. I had to watch the final out of Game Four of the World Series. And my Atlanta Braves are up 3-1. I was there Friday night. I'm fired up. Brad, listen to it with me on the phone. Oh. Well, three chances to win the World Series. You can't beat that. Oh, my God. <sighs> they can win it on Halloween night. Okay, mute that. Sorry. There's some hope. The Braves had not been in the World Series in 22 years. Not until 2020. Had they won a postseason series in 20 years? So, Ole Miss fan, I know you're really bummed out. But take it from me. The Braves are one win away. Back to the mailbag. Solid. That's solid. (sighs) Can't recover from that. Stuart Summers. Did we recruit a five-star kicker? Yeah, Caden Costa. And he was awesome. He was two for two. He had a 49-yarder. Maybe should have hit a few more. All right. Going to the Ole Miss Spirit message board, omspirit.com, affiliate of on3.com. Is there any way for me, does Powder Blues write, is there any way for me to get fined by the SEC for comments on officiating tonight? Depends on who you are. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah. Chappie27, what do you say to Ole Miss fans who seem to be down on a 6-2 and two team that can win out and still prove that we are a good team? Yeah, I mean, I said it earlier, man. I, I, listen, we we need to support this team. We're we're still a good team. But yeah, we we have a quarterback that is that is phenomenal. You know, he's gutting it out for the program. You you have a team. I mean, we're pretty gritty, man. We just we just made some mistakes. I'm um, on the road. We knew this was going to be a tough game. Um, looking at it, I, I do think there were chances to win, but you have to play a much cleaner game to win like that on the road. And you know, we got off to a slow start on on defense. The offense didn't didn't look great to start. And, um, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, I, but, but I think we bounce back here. We have a, we have a couple good home games left. We still have a good egg bowl left. It's, you know, th- this team has a chance to win nine, 10 games. Um, and th- there isn't many times in history where Ole Miss has done that. So, you know, still a solid team. Um, I just think that, that we got hit with injury bug and, and, you know, we've had, had a couple games where we haven't played well on the road, but, um, you know, I think you look at the stretch we were just on, um, I, I feel good about being, being three and one in that stretch. DFW Landshark, are we going to file a complaint for the horrendous officiating? They always do. You know what happens? Nothing. Maiden Dixie, number one, give Auburn credit. They came out with a good game plan. They did. I believe when it was fourth and six and a timeout was called, we should have kicked the field goal to get it to one score. Too many players out. I agree. Number three, this may get covered, but did Ely get hurt again? Didn't see him later in the game. Not that I know of. Form tackler, if it just means more, when will the SEC get serious about officiating? Great question. I have no answer for you. 
let's all just fit in that frustration together, right? Hey, can we get, can we talk about some of those spots on TV? Oh my goodness! I mean, they, they some of those spots were absolutely brutal. And there's a few times where I mean, I don't want to get in get in deep in this, but there's a few times where even the ball in the line of scrimmage was up a yard. I mean, it's it was I don't know, man. You're right. There was some there's some questionable stuff. West Ham fam. How can you spend all week talking about how banged up the offense is and then not take the points they give you? You're winning 29-28 to 28 in the fourth and pitching a second-half shutout if you just take the points. We finally have a good kicker and we refuse to use them. That's been the topic of the night. That's what everyone wants to talk about. And it goes back to Lane Kiffin follows the book. But he has shown that he won't, he'll go against it. He'll go with his guts when he feels like it. So that's where I, I've got questions for Lane Kiffin. Um, I didn't get to get on his post game, by the way, because we sat down to record this podcast immediately following the game. So, Seabash Reb, what's your take on not taking three points? We've been over that, man. Um, and lastly, Rebel 0504, is the Heisman campaign over for Matt Crow? It's not over. No, it's not over. There's no obvious number one guy. Matt still has just as good a case as anybody else in that Heisman group. Candidate pool. I don't think it's over. I think he's going to get dinged. But if he finishes strong, it could be like Johnny Manziel who threw three interceptions against LSU in his Heisman Trophy winning campaign year. Or Lamar Jackson stinking it up against Houston and still winning the Heisman. You can have a game where it doesn't go your way and you throw the interception, you, you don't throw a touchdown. But if you look at what yeah. Matt Corral has had to deal with compared to every other candidate for the Heisman, it's not even close. So he's going to be there. He's going to be in New York one way or the other. He deserves the award. What Ole Miss would be without him, it's laughable to think about, but no, he didn't lose the Heisman against Auburn just because he suffered a loss. That's just not how that works. Yeah, I agree there. I just think that um, you know it, that t- tonight would would have certainly helped. You know, I, I I thought it was really cool on the camera view um, to be to see what his eyes were looking at. You know, the, the receiver did look open um, tonight on the interception and in the, in the the corner. You know, it's hard to see that left side. Um, you know, he he in his mind he thought he was making a great pass there. If you look up though, if he would have ran that, um, he's probably he probably gets he probably gets pushed out of bounds at the four yard line. Um, you know, I, I think if he has that back, he's probably you know he's probably running that right there. Um, but you know that's that, that's certainly something that does hurt. All right, give me the way too early scouting report on friggin' Liberty. You know, I have to look at him a little closer. Um, you know, I, I do know that they have a really talented quarterback. I, I did see him in, in multiple mock drafts, um, but I'll get a chance to look over him this week. I just think from a um, you know, from a talent standpoint, they they are they are a solid team. I don't think they are what they were last year, even though they've they still have a seven and two record. Um, but you know, they they've been in some pretty tight games versus some some average teams. So I I, th- I just think that um, that you know if if we are where we say we are as a program, um, you know, we shouldn't have to worry about a um, we should respect them, but but we should we should we should understand where we stand as well. Um, I think we have the players to. Um, you know, to know to get after this team um, physically, and and we we should make that known pretty early in this game. Mike Ole Miss kind of all over the place where we denied on the Blue Delta Jeans post game show. It doesn't help that I was trying to watch the Braves game at the same time. They're up three one. Ole Miss lost to Auburn thirty one to twenty, and I don't want to bring my joy about the Braves into this to bring you down, Ole Miss fan, because that loss was a bad loss. It was, and give Auburn credit, they came out firing offensively. They were great, but when the second half played out like it did three points allowed with turnovers. That's on the Ole Miss offense, and no one would have predicted that. It finally happened. All the injuries called up to them, and the offense laid an egg. So, tough night. Ole Miss is 6-2 now. 
Next week is Liberty. We'll be back with our first talk of champions on either Monday or Tuesday. Then, of course, the second one on Thursday. And next week, Zach Barry and I will start our talk of champions recruiting podcast on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. If you haven't already subscribed, review talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do leave a five star review, it doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars, I write for the Ole Miss spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on three. And right now, if you sign up $1 for four months, one year for $10, still a deal. Go check us out. The Ole Miss spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on three.com. He's Bradley South. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. See you, man. Howdy, toddy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.